Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hello, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to episode 162 of Getting It Out podcast. That was Nowheres from Sweden with Looking for a Way Back Home. That's from uh, that's from the tape they just put out. It's split release on negative aggression tapes and traumatized tapes, or maybe traumatized is the correct way to say that. But uh, they're, they're a cool band from, I'm going to say this wrong, but I'm going to give it a try, Linkoping, Sweden. And uh, a lot of that reminds me of Dag Nasty. It's just melodic hardcore uh, from, you know, reminiscent of the, 80, you know, probably late 80s, early 90s. Uh, very cool. Always love when people send in their songs to Dan at gettingitout.net. Totally appreciate it. And I love when they're fucking awesome, exactly like this is. Uh, Nowhere's, the demo's called The Way Back Home. And uh, if you haven't heard it yet, please go to their Bandcamp page. You can check that out in the show notes or their Spotify or whatever. And uh, and check them out. Their Instagram at Nowhere's LKPG. And uh, there, there, there you go. That's a little bit more information than I usually give for people. So I hope you check out Nowhere's. They deserve your attention. Okay, so what's happening on this episode of the podcast? Well, I've got Dan Nastasi of K 
Kings Never Die. You might know them from a few other bands in the past, but we're not talking about that. We're talking about fucking Kings Never Die, and that's the important part. They got a new EP coming out called It's What We Live For. I believe it hits the streets March 26th. Uh, through Upstate Records, Blood Blast Distribution, and uh, I think that might be it. But you can, I know it's coming out on CD. It's going to be out there digitally. We're going to talk all about that. Let's not let me ruin everything. How about we just get into this episode? Yeah, what's good, all you bitches and bitches? It's the illustrious hot dog back at it again with another podcast intro. They said, oh, you want to do a podcast intro for the Getting It Out podcast? said, oh, shit, I got to write a rap first, don't I? They said, no, you don't got to write a rap first. The Hardcore Podcast said, all right, I think I can maybe make that happen. Let's see what we can do. Chicken, make family out of friends, make friends out of enemies. Peace to my family, make friends till they bury me. All the places we've been, when they were sitting it out, we be getting it in. Where you getting it out? I said all the places we've been, when they were sitting it out, we be getting it in. What's up, ladies and gentlemen? Welcome to the first week of March. That means we're nearing, well, I'd say we're about the midpoint of winter. Some might argue a little further, but this to me is when it gets bad. Even though it's been pretty bad so far in this area, a lot of snow, not a big deal because I don't got to drive in it anymore, um, but it's it's a big deal for other people, and uh, that sucks. You know, I hate snow. I hate snow so much, but I don't know if I hate snow more than Texas does. You remember Texas, that big state that talks all that shit all the time? Don't mess with Texas? Well, turns out it's real easy to mess with Texas. And now, I'm sympathetic to those who have had real issues, but the ones that are just cold and in the dark, I like to think that just Mother Nature giving you a little kick in the pants for all those years you've harbored Jerry Jones and despicable Dallas Cowboys. All right? I think it's fair. I think Mother Nature just knows Texas talks too much shit. We got to humble them every now and then. Same thing with, with California. California is awesome, and the weather's great, and everybody loves it out there, and rightfully so. And then sometimes... Mother Nature's like, I'm going to light it on fire. It's, it's, it goes all over the country, though. Mother Nature hears all that fucking thinly veiled racism in Boston. It's like, you guys are just going to be cold, really cold. Oh, all you old, old tax evaded pieces of shit in Florida. Here's a hurricane or two. I got to say, it's a good policy. I can't argue with it too much. I don't want I don't want to get on a bad side either. So I'll keep my mouth shut. All right. So before we get any further on this episode, I want to thank each and every Patreon subscriber you guys are the best, and all the rest of you are just okay, but I thank you for listening anyway. But if you want to be a Patreon subscriber, please go to patreon.com slash gettingitoutpodcast and see what we got there to offer. I think I'm going to I'm gonna uh, throw a giveaway out there uh, t- today, maybe. Today, March, uh, whatever, March 1st. Let's put one out there. Usually all Patreon subscribers are automatically entered into any contest done on gettingitout.net or getting it out Instagram page or wherever. Anytime I do a contest, Patreon subscribers are automatically entered into that. So you don't even got to worry about entering. You have a chance to win. Uh, speaking of giveaways, Dan has a giveaway to talk about, but you got to wait till the very end of this interview to hear about it. So you should do that. All right. So let's play Pure Gold from Kings Never Die. It just came out. It's a brand new track. You're going to love it. You might have heard it a couple weeks ago on the episode with Eternal Struggle, but you're going to definitely hear it right now. So check it out and then listen to my interview with Dan. 
But let's let's get into to the to the actual podcast. Uh, first, I want to thank you for doing this. I appreciate you taking the time. It's Monday night. I don't know what you got going on usually on Monday nights. I don't usually have much though, so this works for me. Well, Monday actually worked perfect because we've been we've been rehearsing every Tuesday, Thursday, and now Saturdays because we we're uh, putting some pre production to start recording the actual full. So I mean, I, you know, you know, we put out the first EP, and now we have the second EP coming out. It's what it's what we live for, which is really it's a collection of recordings that we or or you know things that we did really over the last ten months since everything got derailed. Yeah, you know. So we did a couple of sessions. We did one session with Laz Pina who is the bass player of El Nino and he's got a great a great spot in Hoboken where he's got a you know a rehearsal studio, recording studio and Laz has just been uh really like just a monstrous help for us and and you know so we recorded three songs with Laz you know really kind of uh awkwardly like you know we did we did the drums in a bedroom in Queens yeah and then took the <laughs> took the Pro Tools uh, drum tracks into Superior Drummer, and then had the drum tracks and recorded the rest of those three songs at Laz's place in Hoboken. And then we did another session, uh, the first session that we ever did with Jerry Farley, the producer. You know, the Jerry Farley, the yeah, producer, yeah, yeah. who you know. Just done, you know, work with sick of it all on that ball and every. I mean, you know, did, did we recorded two songs with Jerry? Uh, is a test like you know, really, we got together to record because Jerry is completely producing uh, our album, the mm-hmm. full length album. Yeah. So we got together. Uh, Drew Stone has. Uh, you know, the A7 of the New York Hardcore Chronicles, but he's got that A7 um, Back to New York Hardcore Roots uh, compilation. So we asked to contribute a song to that. And we wanted to get in the studio with Jerry. And, you know, somehow we made it happen through this time. Everybody wear masks. and It was crazy, but we went up to Nova Studios with Jerry and we recorded two songs with Jerry. One, one track, Stand For It All, which is on that A7 comp, and another song called Pure Gold, which was originally called It's What We Live For. Uh, but the song is, is titled Pure Gold, and that turned out to be the first track and the track that they're releasing as a single uh, on Friday. Um, so February 26th, this coming Friday, the first track, this new EP, Pure Gold, is is being released that's the first song on the ep the next two songs on the ep are two of the three songs we recorded with laz uh one minor threats which is really like a minute 40 second like punk rock barrage about basically setting a good example for youth and another song called we got tonight to fight which we had been playing live since we started playing last year like mm-hmm. it was just like a song that we always played and we wound up doing that song and we had uh rap on some 
do some really just some sing-along vocals with us uh, throughout the song. Basically brought rap bones. I don't know if you're familiar. But, yeah, yeah. Uh, brought rap bones in the studio and was like, just sing along with the track. <laughs> and if that's the song, it's kind of like, you know, it's not really like a tightened up song. It's like a free for all. There's voices everywhere. Sure. You know, yeah. it's just, so it really and it really worked out great. And it was fun to have uh, it was fun to have him be able to do, something, you know, been for, you know, a long time. And he's been like a big supporter at shows. So that was great to be able to have him do something. It's something that, you know, he he's wanted to do you know, his whole life. Like, you know, he really wanted to be a vocalist or a frontman. So we did that. And then we took the two songs that we made videos for, uh, Raise a Glass and Know What You Might Find. When we released the videos, we actually completely remixed the song from scratch. Uh, those versions in the videos are not the versions that are on the EP. Oh, I didn't so, guess that. And really done... Yeah, like totally from scratch. Um, so I call like the version that's on the on the EP of Never Know What You Might Find. We call that the Uncle Vinny mix because <laughs> Vinny says a little line in the middle of the song and in the video it's not in there. Oh, okay. But so we took yeah, so we just took like those five songs and put together the EP. Really, because we love the songs. And we, you know, we just want, you know, we want to get something out, especially while we're in the studio recording the actual album, you know, which will probably take like, you know, by the time it's completely done, another six months from now. So we thought it was like good time to do it. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. And you, you, you touched on a whole bunch of things here that I, that I was going to ask you about and that, uh, that, that I was interested in. And I'd, but a couple of points of the things you just said. And what one just really basic for my own interest question uh, Laz, right? That's that's his name. Yeah. Which uh, which Il Nino is he? Is he part of the Warring Il Ninos at this point? Yeah, I don't get involved. With people's <laughs> purposes, no, 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 no. I'm not trying to. I'm, I'm not trying to hear that. Yeah. I'm just there's two. There's two of those bands, right? Right now. I I guess uh, I guess there is. You know, and it's funny because when I when I did I'm um, Your Pusher with Eddie yeah. Sutton. You know the the leeway NYC. Of course, uh, both Laz and Christian, the singer, the original singer of Elm, uh, they both worked with you know on that track. Laz recorded and produced the track, and Christian worked with Eddie on recording the vocals. And Christian oh, did know. you know? A, yeah. So at that point, I guess everything was cool. But like I said, like I don't, I don't, you know. I have no opinion on other people's beef. Or, no, 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 no. It's not my beef. Yeah, no, no, no. I don't either. I, I, I just that's that's a band that uh, that I've always that I've always actually really liked. I've, they have that one Revolution Revolution record that was on Roadrunner years ago that yeah. I that I really enjoy. And uh, I, I yeah. just wish they would. I just wish that. Yeah, I just wish that was still still happening. I don't know what what's going on there. It doesn't don't really care either. Just 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 an anecdote. But um. Well, I do know that Laz and Dave. Uh, have been recording and released a couple videos of what I assume is El Nino. It's the only El Nino I know. Good. You know, Good. I don't know. I guess is Christian also. I, look, I, mean, I don't. I have no. I have, <laughs> I have no, no idea either. Yeah. All no. I know is that I love Laz dearly, and uh, anything that he does on a support. You know. 
That's period. Good. So well, as it's, far as I'm concerned, that's the only El Nino I know about. <laughs> good. All right. Well, there's. I didn't know. I didn't know he was in, into producing music at all. Um, but that's probably just me yeah. not knowing shit. And but that, that's that's that ties into another thing I was going to say. The another guy who I didn't know was in in the production realm was uh, Mitz, who used to be a Madball, who just recently oh, yeah. did uh, the, the record with the Eternal Struggle, which was an episode or two ago for me, where I actually played. Um, Pure Gold from you guys. We, we, we talked to Mario and we opened that one with the track Pure Gold. So we snuck it in there a couple weeks early. Um, so yeah, so so uh, so I've been listening to this EP for a while. This, this this is what we live for. And one of the one of the right. big things I was going to say is the the what what w- was the idea of releasing an EP while you're already going into recording now? But you literally answered all of that already. <laughs> yeah. Look, the intention from day one has always been look. The absolute, the most fun, the beautiful thing about music, no matter what type of music anybody uh, is into, the most fun is the writing and creating of, uh, of the music, right? Yeah, yeah. For me, you know, like as a songwriter, and, you know, I've always like, considered myself like, uh, you know, as much a songwriter as, as a guy in a band, right? Like, I, I love... I love to write music, songs, whether it's, you know, to be honest, most of the songs that I write, they come from the vocal idea. I I really don't write on a guitar and write a riff and then try to like write words to the riff. That's not like my process. You know what I mean? But, but the intention of Kings Never Die was, you know, when me and Larry hooked up was like to release music, like to write songs do something that we that we love to do you know i found somebody and 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 he found somebody that like you know we love to create music together uh doesn't matter who comes up with uh you know the original idea for the songs right but you know we really work well together and and i love first of all i love larry you know we've been friends but you know larry is really a a phenomenal guitar player uh, and, and and original in his sound. And Larry's a guy that has played with numerous other bands, but really hasn't had his own band. That's his. Mm-hmm. So, you know, he played at Murphy's Law for years and years and years and, you know, loved and hated. And, you know, he plays uh, in Stigma when they play, you know, when Stigma plays, Larry yeah. plays guitar in Stigma with, with Vinny and Mike and Luke and, you know, so he's a no, but Kings Never Die is like his band, right? It's, it, it, you know, it's really the first time it's like it's his, and that's another beautiful thing about this. You know what I mean? Is that we have a friendship, love working together, and really we're blessed to to uh, we're blessed to be working and creating music with the people that we're creating music with. You know. Uh, I mean, I'm not like a little kid anymore. So it's really yeah. important that you are playing with people that one you love to play with, but you love as people, right? Like uh, that's that's how that's how things um, that's how things are really pure is when you love playing with the people you're playing with and creating the that you're creating. And the reality is that like you know, we found that like we have that. So. Uh, you know, most importantly, that's the most important part of 
of the band and of Kings Never Die is is the creating process. So we getting back to the original point, you know, we just always plan to like release music, release music. When you write music, like you want people to hear it and you want to see the reaction. And, you know, the COVID obviously put a massive wrinkle in our plans because the Raise a Glass EP came out like seven, eight weeks before COVID really right. hit. Yeah, yeah. How did, did, that, did that, uh, did that f- yeah. kind of fuck up the whole momentum? Totally. Like, yeah. you know, I mean, the day that, that the EP, I guess, technically came out, we were... We played that night, the next, like we had, we played about nine, we got about nine shows in uh, and had well over 20 to 25 shows that we were, that we had booked Mm -hmm. and run, you know, we were basically doing weekend runs everywhere and everything got canceled. You know, the first show that got canceled was uh, the St. Patrick's Day show. So we were supposed to play in March with propane uh, up from Valente up at Chrome. And that got canceled. So that was the first one that got canceled. And we had like another 20 shows after that, that all in the works and or book that all got canceled. Like another run. We were supposed to go to Chicago, but you know, back to like Milwaukee, Chicago, we were going to play, uh, 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 Minneapolis, like all that stuff got canceled. And, you know, it just kind of sucks. It's like, we put so much time and effort into getting this going. And it all happened so fast. And then we just kind of got stopped dead, dead in our tracks. You know what I mean? Even like, you know, started to have some conversations about a European uh, run. And that, and literally the next week, it was like over. Everything was right, done. Right. You know what I mean? So right as we started to, you know, get some momentum, you know, as far as Europe is concerned, um, you know, the 7-inch the, the on the cortex chart like the first seven eight nine weeks it was it was great it it was it was like just everything was going so much better than even we could have imagined and then it's too good to be true yeah Yeah. well look it's okay in reality yeah yeah like who are we to complain like a brand new band like literally brand new band and there's not that many like just brand new bands right but how about how about all the bands like this is how they feed the family, right? How about those bands? How about Agnostic Front? How about Sick of It All? How about, like, these bands, that this is their full-time career. Those are the bands that we should really, like, our hearts should open up to. Like, those are the bands that really are get, that got hit the hardest. I mean, nobody should give a shit about, about, you know, our little thing that just got going. You know, my heart goes out like to those guys. Like this is their career. I mean, they've worked their ass off to build what what they uh, have created. And you know, for the established bands, uh, you you have to. You really you, those are the people that we should be thinking about. And, and anytime there's anything that any of us can do, and I do it too. Like I see a T-shirt, I buy it. I see, you know whatever it is. If it's, right. you know donate to the crew, I I do. If it's donate to whatever, because, you know, this is, this is their livelihood and something that they built from scratch. Like, you know, so let's say the fans or people that are, that love this, love hardcore music or whatever genre of music it is like, you know, those, those bands are the people we should really be thinking about. And those are the bands that we should be trying to help and support anything, their merch, whatever it is that, you know, can directly help those bands. So, so look, 
car thing was just getting going, and it's totally fine. Like, it gave us 10 or 11 months to really find out a lot of things. Mm -hmm. And really, it made us so much better. You know what I mean? The time, like this album that we were about to go record, and, and I love the EP. I love the songs on the EP, but everything, everything, all of our energy, every ounce of everything we have is being poured into recording this record that we're about, you know, we're literally starting pre-production recordings like next week. Is that record a whole new batch of songs or is, or is it some of this stuff too? Completely. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. 13, 13 brand new. Were, 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 was, were these songs that were written prior to coronavirus or is this all stuff that got out? Yeah, some of them were. Yeah. The plan, the original plan, Dan, was release Raise a Glass, try to get something going, go in the studio, make the full-length album, and, you know, okay, this is the band, right? Like, like we're, like, now we're cooking. Because an EP is a small little, uh, it's a small picture it's a preview of what things really, especially when you release your first thing. Like I'll be very honest, raise a glass. We purposely put uh, like four songs that kind of showed like uh, like the whole circle, right? Okay. Yeah. Like the juice is the straight up hardcore song, and raise a glass has like you know something like uh, pirate pirate chorus. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, yeah. yeah. Uh, and before my time. Is a, is a lot like what the band is really like, right? Like, you know, chant, style, uh, you know, less hardcore, a little bit of metal influence. That's what music, music is the influences of everything, right? And uh, the other song, Never Know What You Might Find, is kind of just like a, a straight up like punk rock song, right? you know? So now with It's What We Live For, I think these songs on this, uh, the three brand new songs again are touching on three different aspects of what we do, right? Um, the song "Pure Gold" is like just like a hardcore punk rock song, but again, like it's a the, the music, of course, but it's about like the vocal, right? Like okay. what what is the memorable thing about the song? And and the song "Pure Gold" has a lot more meaning, you know. It's got personal meaning as well. The song wound up being written. Uh, kind of about the loss of my father who mm -hmm. passed away. Fortunately, uh, my father got COVID and uh, he's 86 years old and within 14 days he was gone, you know. Oh, wow. So the song wound up taking on some of that meaning, but the song is really about, it, you know, it's what we live for, like all of the people and things in your life, memories, things you've done, like all the things in your life that make you who you are. So, uh, you know, and then Minor Threats, again, is just a straight up like punk rock song. And We Got Tonight Fight is, you know, more of, let's say, like a metal, big, you know, sing along type song. So uh, I can tell you that, like, the record, the album, the material that, that, that we are recording for the record is, I, I would say, goes like, you know, two steps even further the record is is much harder than some of the other stuff we've done i'd say it's more like for my time the juice and we got tonight to fight than anything nice you know well, if i had to like compare it 
Right, right, right. To your previous stuff. Well, th- there was there was something you guys had out initially that I think was just like a it was just like a CD single, right? A little slipcase from uh, that Mario put out upstate. What song was that? Yeah, the first the first thing we did was the song before my time. We okay, made, that's like, that's a what video I thought. Yeah, in the rehearsal spot, and it was like let's just get a song out. Right, and that's the song before my time. Um, which I don't know if you want to call it a video. I would say it. We were playing the song. It wasn't like bullshit. <laughs> yeah. Like we literally played the track and played a, like we were. We played along to the track like five times, and you know, Canjemi uh, 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 literally took the footage and made a video out of it, which was great. You know, and, and I have to say that you know Mario and Kim from Upstate, like we're like you know indebted and grateful like so grateful able that that you know what they've done for us and how they've helped us has just been incredible you know really is like a family-run company and everything that we do is always going to be about like family and the people we're doing it with uh anybody that we play with like the guys in the all of everything is about family. so upstate has just been incredible because they're about family you know and uh you know it's crazy. The but uh, pretty much you know to answer that that, that that's kind of how that came about. Well, that's you. You're, I can uh, echo the statements about Mario and Kim. They they really do exemplify what people are really looking for, and it's amazing just to, to how many bands and people I've talked to who have the same things to say about. I'm like, how the fuck are they capable of helping this many people? Yeah, like or just being uh, being real with people, and it's 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 a really cool thing, and uh, they're setting a great example for uh, other people to follow. But, uh, but, you know, yeah, I mean, look, I mean, first of all, you can't replace work ethic. Right. Mm-hmm. And they they love what they're doing. And, you know, they're working with bands or people, you know, and, and conversation with Mario the other day, like all the bands that like Mario is uh, that upstate is like representing or, you know, bands, you know, that are that are with with upstate with the label, um, you know, Kings Never Die is probably, you know, we're, we're really not like any of the other bands that they're working with. Yeah, I'd agree with that. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like uh, most of the stuff like Annie Up and, you know, I mean, that stuff is like heavy. Like yeah, it's heavy, heavier. Like yeah. Almost like beat down shit. Right. You know, and, um, you know, I would say like, you know, we are way more of just like the straight old school hardcore punk rock band, you know? Right. Well, there was you and, guys and what, Leeway, but that was you too, I guess, right? <laughs> yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. The I'm Your Pusher EP or whatever you want to call it. You know, the seven, seven inch, yeah. two song seven inch. Yeah, I, I wrote those. You know, basically I got together with Eddie and uh, I had the song I'm Your Pusher written, you know, and I was like, hey man, I got a, I got a song uh, that is like a leeway song, like an old school leeway song, you know, and, and obviously, you know, look, they, everybody did a great job. Eddie did a fantastic job with the, vo- with the, with the vocals and the lyrics on it. I didn't write the lyrics. Mm-hmm. music um you know, the only thing lyrically that i wrote in that is i had the type you know i'm your pusher was the title of the song and i had the little you know i'm your push bound bump bump i had like the little catch line but i thought eddie and and his team did a phenomenal job of of doing the lyrics performing the lyrics i mean you know i'm proud of it i i love it i i really i love the song and i loved working with him obviously leeway was like a you know, I grew up like it was just a monstrous influence musically in my life. 
Absolutely, and I, I had I had Eddie on back back right when that came out when you guys put that that record out. Yep. And uh, yeah, and it was you know, it was great, and uh, I thought it was a great re- tr- true return to form basically for Leeway, and a lot of people were stoked on it. And and I think likewise you, you you're gonna find the same thing with this Kings Never Die stuff. I don't know, I don't know how well how how well you I guess there was evidence that it was being well received in Europe with that Raise a Glass EP. Um, with like you said, the cortex charts, um, and you have a lot of experience uh, you know, playing in Europe and getting a good reaction over there. What yeah, what is that I, about? I, I just think that our genre of music, right? Like yeah. the the you know, and look, things changed through the years, right? Buggy Dog came along time and definitely helped open that door a lot. But you know, the European audience looks at hardcore music as somewhat i'm not going to say mainstream but it's they're far more accepting of harder heavier music gotcha. um than in the united states where everything is about like you know the radio and top 40 hits and you know whatnot so and i think you know look i think generally like everywhere like people love music you know my wife is the biggest u2 fan on the planet you know <laughs> i love u2 right but i don't like the i like all you can leave behind you too, an Chung baby more than I like old you two. You know what I mean? Yeah, interesting. Uh, but like, that's like to the end of the earth. That's her favorite, you know, but people are programmed to like whatever they like. And for some reason, the European audience definitely is, I think more wide open to our style of music um, for whatever the reason, you know what I mean? And, you know, I mean, I think the big thing with Kings never die is really like, people just hearing it like it's hard to get people to even hear your music yeah you know so i think it's something that it's going to take time and i'm totally fine with that like this is never going to be like we have no interest in being like a mainstream band like i'm grateful for whatever we have even right now you know what i mean i don't have expectations but i would like for people to hear it of course yeah yeah, you're not doing this for just for yourself, you know. Although I, from from what it sounds like, um, it sounds like you you might be enjoying Kings Never Die more than you've enjoyed other bands. Maybe I'm totally wrong, but I'm just getting the idea that it's, that this is it's, it's a been, different approach. It's just been a long time. Like yeah. we started Monkey Pop, I was 15, 16 years old. Okay, yeah. so and when we started Doggy Dog, it was right after right after Monkey Pop. And, you know, we were literally 21 years old. You know, I was 21 years old. And, you know, from the age of 16 to like 20, actually 23 years old, all I ever did was music nonstop. You know, it was like we started Monkey Pup. I did the first two records. Then I actually, you know, I, I joined, I was in Murphy's Law for about a year and a half after they did Back with a Bong. Then I was back in Monkey Pup right away. We did the Now record, got off you know, the touring cycle for that and immediately started playing in dog eat dog. And immediately within six months that was happening and made the Warren EP and then immediately made all borough Kings. So like I was working nonstop and, you know, the thing that kind of interrupted that was that, you know, I had met my wife uh, actually right before I left to go on the mucky pup. Now European tour the full European tour. That was the tour that biohazard um, actually opened up for us. That was the first time biohazard went to Europe was yeah. opening up for Mucky Pup. Wow. And 
you know, I had met my wife right before I left to go on that tour. So when I got home from that tour, my plans were, I'm going to marry this girl, you know? So, you know, Dave and Sean and John uh, were like, you know, we've been jammed at Dave's basement, you know, come down, you know, they had two songs written. They had like Funnel King and Strip Song. And I was like, this is perfect. Like, I don't want to write really. I, I was just done writing like funny music. Yeah. You know, like, and it just really sparked me to thinking and writing a different way. I was influenced by different things. And I was really, uh, you know, Lucky Pup was influenced by so many different things uh, from Kiss, the Dead Kennedys, incredibly. You know, it was absolutely, when I first heard the Dead Kennedys, I just freaked out. <laughs> so Mucky Pup was very influenced by the dead Kennedys. And, you know, whatever we write, we're being influenced by what we love at the time. Um, I would say that by the time I started, you know, we started Doggy Dog, I was very influenced by Leeway, which is pretty evident in the early Doggy Dog stuff, the original Doggy Dog. Uh, and I, you know, me and John both, uh, you know, like I loved Ice Cube. You know, oh, so I do I. It, like, That's my all-time favorite wanted. rapper. <laughs> yeah, I was very getting influenced by hip-hop a little bit, uh, but really became like a lover of hardcore music. Like the album Just Look Around yeah. changed. Like Leeway's Born to Expire changed the way I looked at music and and really changed what I wanted to do musically and the type of music that I wanted to write but I had a real interest in starting to, to play hardcore music, but include a big chorus. Like, what are you going to remember? And I really got into the art of songwriting, which with Mucky Pup, not that, you know, I was kind of like, like the training grounds, like, you know, all those Mucky Pup songs I wrote were just kind of like what a 16 year old, you know, immature 16 year old thinks about. And <laughs> sure. I was just like poking fun at everything, you right. know? And, and I'm proud of that. And, and I, I'm proud of that stuff too, but that's who I was at that point in my life. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. That's fair. That's, you know, that's where, good. No, no. I'm just saying like, you know, where doggy dog was like, okay, we, we could be, you know, we could be intelligent songwriters. We can create something of our own here. And, and we were, and we were influenced by other bands doing it, obviously, you know? Uh, and then really, other than a couple of mistakes I made after Doggy Dog, you know, the, the reality was when Doggy Dog really got going, I was there every step of the way. But when it got to the point where it was like, hey, you know, we got the tour opening up for Biohazard in Europe. I mean, my wedding date was set April 30th, 1994. And I couldn't go on that tour. Like the, the my best friends, my like brothers to the end, you know, John and Dave and Sean are still my best friends in the world. You know, I love them dearly. And I saw Dave the other day. I just talked to John three days ago. Like, you know, they weren't at my wedding. And I wasn't on that tour because I made a commitment and I was not going to cancel my wedding, you know, to go on a tour. So, and you know what happens. Like, you know, you're separated from the band and things change. Right, right, right. So musically after that point, you know, I made some mistakes. I, you know, I, I had an opportunity, I had, you know, opportunity to make records because 
you know, I guess I was, you know, I was getting a little bit of, the, you know, obviously getting some credit as being like, you know, whatever, like, you know, the guy that wrote Who's the King or whatever it might be. But the, I made a big mistake doing records kind of on my own. And I like, I wouldn't say it was a solo record because I did it with, with friends of mine, but it kind of looked that way. And that was a huge mistake. I mean, I should have never, ever, ever done that. I should have just waited and, and formed the band like we did now. Um, and I'm really not of those records because I was wrong. I was literally like in the masters in five weeks and didn't even have like the material really rushed into it. And, you know, look, we're humans. We're allowed to make mistakes. Of course. You know? So, you know, and then I made a, I made a, a great record. Me, Dave and Sean made this all versions, just a record, which I, love which I record. love, love it, man. I love it to this day. But like we were, you know, we went back in the basement, let's say, and we wrote I love that record. And it was, you know, the timing wasn't right, whatever. I really don't care. Like I love the, it, it's funny because that record kind of has, has like a little cult. Like I get messages all the time from people asking me about that record. Um, and I'm not a big social media guy. Like I actually have no idea what I'm doing on social media. <laughs> um, until we, I, I, I seriously, like, you know, these bands have like, you know, 5,000, 5,000, like, we just don't know what we're doing. I'm, I'm <laughs> That's right. You know, there's, 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 there's only so much expectations for a hardcore band and their social media presence. And I think, honestly, I think what the, yeah. I think what the younger bands is that they're, I think a lot of them actually aren't doing it, which is a cool move. Uh, but you know, what, what to each our own. But, Maybe that's what we should do because we have no clue. I mean, we have. I understand it's like a necessary thing, but like we yeah. just have no idea. Like, I don't. I'm not one that's even like me. Like, I get pissed off if I see an article and it's like X this, X that. Like, to, that's like I don't. I don't think like I hate that. You yeah. know what I'm saying? So it's like nobody gives a shit, really. Like, okay, maybe it helps them associate a little bit with your band. Like, oh, this is the guy that was in, you know, this was the original guy from Mucky Pup and this is the original guy from Doggy Dog. Like, okay, that's great if it's, like, in the press, like, as part of an interview, sure. right? But, you know, when you ever see, like, you open up, like, an online thing and it's, like, X, X, Doggy Dog, X, Sub-Zero, like, nobody cares, I agree. Hey, look, that's what you know. We we talked about briefly earlier. Um, that's a big thing that I don't do, and that people have pushed. You know, have have you know been like, why didn't you say? Why didn't you say you had Burton C. Bell on from Fear Factory? It's like because he's not in fucking Fear Factory. He's not doing Fear Factory. He's doing a different thing. Why Why didn't you say Rob Fish from One Hundred Eight? He's not in fucking. To those bands, like yeah, and, Dog, right? Right. Like, I, like well, okay, like like here's the deal. Like yeah, I'm the guy. Like. Warren E.P., Allboro Kings, that was the four of us. We created that, right? But after that, I have nothing to do with that. Right. And those guys, by the way, worked their balls off. They fucking toured relentlessly. And, and not just that, they had the help. Like, if Biohazard didn't take Doggy Dog out on that tour in Europe when Allboro Kings came out, Doggy Dog, like, the, everything would have been different. Everything is about the people that are help. Like, this is a community of people that are willing to help each other. It's unity and community. You know what right, I mean? Right. And I find it a little bit disrespectful when, you know, like, I find it disrespectful. Like, 
I mean, these guys are my best friends still. Like to the guys in Dog Eat Dog. Like, yes, I wrote we we wrote that those songs, that album. That was our creation, right? I could have never written those Dog Eat Dog songs on my own. You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. Like, there's a guy that comes up with maybe the original idea, right? Uh, you know, like there's some songs that that you know I've written songs where like I wrote pretty much had the song written, but without the input or the people that you're working with, the music and the song would not be what it is. So when those guys have worked their balls off for 30 years, keeping their band and their brand relevant, especially in Europe, I find it disrespectful for like an article to come out and it says X doggy dog, like have, you know, how about like, you know, a, original member of i, I don't know you, right. you know what I'm yeah, yeah yeah absolutely i yeah. feel bad you know like i i feel bad and i think that when people listen to your now they should judge it on hey do i dig this or not you know obviously when you do an interview or something it's people of course you're going to talk about your history and what you've done like yeah i'm proud of the things i've done and i'm grateful that people associate me with somebody that that you know created those records like of, of course like i worked my balls off on that and so did they but as far as the the band name it's theirs they they earned it they did you know i i, I didn't i wasn't on tour fuck three years straight like them you know what i mean i didn't know it. i helped supply i helped supply the material for them to be able to do it for sure you know what i'm saying um but you know again it all goes back to like it's about the people like the record that we are creating right now is about the people that are creating this record what we're doing with it and and without uh without larry and jay and dylan uh and you know uh, this record that we are recording um i don't know if you know but like uh not just playing drums on the record but we are creating and 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 writing this record with, with Dan Schul from Biohazard. I did know that. I, I was going to bring that up um, because I've noticed. Yeah, like, but I, I'm going to tell you right now. Okay. Like, this record is a product of the five of us. Like, what the love for the music and the like. When people hear this record, there's no way we could make this record without without Danny's input. And, and what he has done to shape the music that we are writing. And we're literally in the rehearsal studio, and, and he is re- like, no, let's do this. Like, hit that chord, do this. Like, so that's the beautiful thing about music. That's what makes the writing process and creating the music so, like, magical, man. It's like going out and playing it live is the bonus. You know what I mean? <laughs> well, the Reaction bonus you can't do right now. Is the bonus. What's that? Yeah, said, yeah, yeah, but you will be able to. Sure, of course. You know, well, look, by the time this record that we're recording is recorded, mixed, mastered, done, and is able to be released, uh, you will be able to. I'd imagine, you know? yeah, yeah. Yeah. Well, you guys got a little bit of a Spinal Tap thing going on with your drummers, but uh, but but it, it seems like well, a good, it seems like it's really, working out. You know, nobody's I, dying. Yeah, I, you're, you, that it's, that's really not the case. I mean... We, we, we've never really had uh, a permanent member drummer. Um, John Mills, who is, you know, a mucky pup and is still my absolute best friend, 
uh, in my life. Like we've been best friends since we're 14 years old. He's the godfather of, uh, you know, my children. I'm the godfather to, to his younger son. Like, you know, we've been best friends forever. And when we started, uh, Kings never die. John, uh, really helped like he really helped us out by by playing and and recording with us he you know john does not want to be in a band never wanted to be in a band you know that's not something that he's interested in doing right so uh john basically helped us get going until we could find um you know a permanent drummer and then after john we hooked up with steve gallo uh you know mike's brother steve who you know played the agnostic front and is an absolute phenomenal drummer and you know, I just, we recorded actually this EP, uh, the new songs, all three of the new songs, Steve Gallo played drums on. And, you know, one, I, I love, like, I love him as a person, but Steve just, for whatever the reason, just, you know, he just really can't make the commitment to, to the band. Like, I guess at this point in his life, he's just not interested in making the commitment to the band, but you know, we played, we started to play live with them and, you know, like we're grateful that we were able to work with them. But when it comes down to it, Steve wasn't like, you know, permanently infixed into the band. And when we started rehearsing the pre-production for this record, he just really, you know, wasn't in a place where he could do it. And, you know, you could imagine how grateful we are that, uh, you know, that Danny uh, was interested enough in what we were doing. And we, Really, we got together and just started jamming a little bit, and we've just continued to create this record. And you know, Danny is not, you know, Danny is not uh, permanent. Like you know, he's not in the band. Right. He is creating music with us, and this record is going to be his because, like, we're all a part of the process. And hey, look, if Danny wants to be a wants to be in the band, of course, like you know. Doors open. I, I would, you know, that would be incredible. But, but, but there's no, you know, there is no, um, there's no promises made. Like it is what it is. Like, and you know what? Right now, it doesn't even matter. Like, <laughs> what we're doing is so great, and just the love for doing it that whatever happens, happens. You know what I mean? Like, whatever the future is, it is. Um, I'm, I'm just. We're all just grateful that we're able to write and create music with them. You know, and, and again, like, he's just a, I mean, I've known Danny for, you know, 30 years, and he's just a great person. You know, he's got a family, and he's had, you know, he's obviously an unbelievable drummer, and he's had, like, an incredible career. Um, so, when, I'm not worrying about anything else. All I care about is that, like, I'm just so grateful that we're able to, to work and, like, enjoy what we're doing right now. And whatever happens in the future happens. Like, you know, it's fine. Yeah, that's that's a great way to look at it too, and it, it totally makes sense, especially uh, given the certain circumstances. Uh, Biohazard's not not really happening anymore, are they? That's, that's I know Billy's doing his thing, I but I don't think Biohazard is. Yeah, is... yeah I mean, you know, I, you know, but 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 like I said before, like I I don't know, I yeah. don't I don't even ask. Like it's not my business, right? You know, yeah. I, I got to be honest. I hope I would love to see Biohazard play. Like they're one of my favorite bands ever. Same here. You know yeah. what I mean? So. I would love that, but but right now the only thing that that we're focused on is making this record and recording this record. And like I said before, whatever happens, there happens, and I have I really have no control over. It. You know, I mean, look, if this record is what 
we all believe it's going to be, then that will all take care of itself. Right. Yeah. Like I can't explain to you like how much I think we're all enjoying what we're doing and the process of rewriting and writing new, like of just putting this record together and writing it together has just been like, you know, it's like, it's like magic, you know, it's like incredible. So that's all I'm focused on. And, uh, you know, who am I like to, like I said before, just like grateful to have the experience. Yeah, no, it's great. And I think, I mean, we're talking a whole bunch about that, that LP that that's coming down the pipeline, but we, maybe we're, well, we, we touched on it, of course, but the, it's what we live for EP, which is done. And uh, what is, yep. when does that actually come out? What, is it March 26th? Do I have that date right? Yep. The EP actually comes out March 26th. March 26th. Is that getting um, the whole like physical CD, 7-inch, or what's going on there? How's that getting released? Yeah. The, the EP is coming out digitally uh, on Blood Blast, and the only physical copies right now are CDs. And that's um, upstate? There's no no seven inches. It's just CD only. And I, I have to be honest, uh, even with Rays of Glass, mo- way more people were asking about getting CDs than really? seven inches. Interesting. Absolutely. Absolutely. So, look, this is what is financially possible right now. Yeah. You, yeah. Know, uh, you know, Rays of Glass came out on seven inch only, no CD. If we had released Rays of Glass on CD... I could guarantee we would have sold way more. You know right. what I mean? Because there was definitely a, a, an ask and a demand for it. This, it's what we live for, is coming out on CD physically only for you know for right now. Yeah. Um, but you know, look, let's face facts. I mean, people download everything. Everything is. <laughs> yeah, but you got people like me who still buy I everything. People, I just want people to hear it. Yeah. I just want yeah. people to hear it. I don't even. It's not really a concern. It's like. We created new music. I want people to hear. I just want people to hear it. You know, we love it. Um, we love the songs on the EP, and I want people to hear it. And that's really all that matters to me. I and mean, of course, would I like people to buy it? Of course, I. You know, not 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 a moron. But it's really for the love of like writing the music and for people to listen to it. You know, and that's what yeah. I. That's our hope is that people listen to it and. You know, we we really work hard at this. Like we we are putting in the work, and you know, my hope is that when this record comes out, there will be you know that people will really you know will be anticipating and waiting to hear it. And you know, that's that's what we're trying to build towards. You know? Well, I think you're getting there. And w- w- with, uh, with one more thing, and I'll let you go. Like you mentioned, when this comes out, well. When this comes out, this EP, we'll start with the CP. What are you yeah. with? Given the limitations that we're under right now, what are, what are you most looking forward to? Is it just it, like do you, do you care about feedback? Do you want to you know? Of course. Yeah. So of so course. so when this when it's what we live for comes out March twenty sixth. What's the most exciting part of that for you? Uh, the most exciting part of that is that people get to hear it. Yeah. Like number one, right? So uh, by the way, the 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 single. Pure Gold is actually being released this Friday, so February twenty sixth. Gotcha. The yeah. single people will be available everywhere digitally, so people um, can go and download it however they get their music, right? right? And also, right now, a big thing is 
But, you know, the most important thing that, that I would really be grateful if people would do is to uh, digitally, you can pre-save uh, the release of the entire EP. And from what I understand, that's huge right now. Like, Yeah, if, I don't know how to do that. People, <laughs> well, there's a, like, if you go to our, the link in our bio, yeah. Uh, either on Instagram or Facebook, or up, if you just go to upstaterecords.com, you can just literally, it's so easy. You click and you just pre save it. I'm doing it and right now. That right now is super important because if people, if you get enough pre saves, then you added to lists. And, you know, 60% of the people that listen to music digitally are listening to playlists. Yeah. So. You know, that right now is, you know, if I had to, like, ask, ask people to do something, you know, whatever. I mean, I know on Spotify it doesn't even cost you anything. But, like, if you can, I would always ask people to please purchase on iTunes because for any band, because the band actually gets paid something for that. Right, and right. I do think the band should have a right to try to make money off something they, you know, gave everything, put everything into creating, you know. But... I would rather that people just listen to it. You know, if it if if there's six of one half dozen of the other. <laughs> but look, the, re, the so so the single is available this Friday, which is February 26th. I don't know when this podcast is going to come out. But, it might be the um, 29th. Whatever the month. No, the 29th isn't okay. even a day, is it? Um, the, <laughs> so no, it's, it's not, not a leap year. Um, it would be the Monday next. It would be next Monday. It would be a week from today. So the first, March first. So okay, a couple great. days after. So by the time people hear this, they could literally just go to iTunes or Spotify, and they could listen to Pure Gold. Yeah. And yes. if if they would pre-save the uh, EP digitally, that would be f- phenomenal. And the other thing is that the pre-sales of the physical copy in Europe uh, through Cortex Records and also Upstate Records. And in the United States, through Upstate Records, the pre uh, the pre sale for the physical copies is uh, March fifth. That's when you can you can pre order. And I know like Upstate is doing a bundle, you know, where you get like a T shirt, the CD, and you know they always they're always like incredible. Like you yeah. know they'll throw in like an Upstate Family and Friends CD or you know whatever. So you can pre order the physical copy March fifth. Of EP, and another thing is that on March first, yeah, on March first, the video for Pure Gold is going to premiere on uh, New Noise. Okay, cool. I think I saw you guys put out like a teaser for that, right? Uh, Yeah, yeah. Yeah. We we have like a few little teasers, basically because I guess this pre digital pre save is not is kind of like a relatively new thing. Yeah. So. Uh, we've had like, you know, today I actually just posted like a little 20 second. So I've been putting in little tiny clips of the video with like pre-save. And again, like, damn, I'm going to be, I have no idea what I'm doing. <laughs> yeah. We have no idea what I'm doing. But, but the reality is like, you know, we're working at it. We're, yeah. You know, and we're going to put a hundred percent effort into. So, you know, my hope is that the second that you can play, even if it's just outdoors, like name the time and place we'll be there you right. know what i mean so um pretty, uh we would appreciate obviously well i think a lot of people are going to jump on board because uh because it's it's worthy of it and uh, i've enjoyed it so far well, i appreciate that 
Yeah, and um, I appreciate it. I really do. You know, I mean, look, oh, like like we talked about, like you 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 put all you like. I'm I'm grateful that at you know at I don't know, I'm not old, but like at my age that I have a love to do this and that I still have the ability to do it is like I can't tell you like how grateful and and uh, and happy I am that this is something that I can still do. You know. So, you know, it's, uh, it's, it's humbling, to say the least. Well, I think you... Humility is not, not a bad thing. No, 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 no. And I think, uh, but I think it should be, I mean, you should be reminded how much, how much, uh, fuck, for, for all your bands, for all the things you've done, how much joy you've brought other people just by playing this stuff that's, you know, you, you might be humble about, but, but it's been, I don't know, it's been important to so many other people. And here's another opportunity to have another batch of songs. It's something that you love to create that is going to mean something else, uh, something even more to the people that listen to it. And I think that's a, well, that's a, it's a unique, yeah, I mean, um, unique privilege. That, and I don't know, maybe, maybe some even call it a burden, but it's, it's something that only a certain amount of people in our lifetime get to actually do, have an impact in that way. And for you, to have done it so many times and to get ready to do it again, I think is uh, is a uh, pretty indicative of the person you are and the talent that you have. Well, I mean, obviously, I truly appreciate that, you know. But like I said, it it's it's not me. It's not just me. It's right, no, every no. <laughs> guy in the band, like the the band, this band would be. It would not like it is about the people that you are uh, that you are really honored to be able to work with. You know, and I've played with a lot of like, you know, really talented people like over the years. And this, you know, the reality is that the reason that we're so fortunate about this is that this is another opportunity. Like I say it, I've said this is the third band that I've started. Yeah. Right. Like it really is like it's the third band that I've started. So and I look at it like that, like we started Monkey Pop, started Doggy Dog and now started James and Die. You know, it's different people. But for me, it's like. It's kind of the third go around, basically the last go around, you know. <laughs> so, uh, but you know, I mean, I got it. I definitely have a good ten years in me, and uh, I'm I'm looking forward to seeing where it can go and how many people we could touch, you know. And the other thing is, this this band is really about the message in the music. Like lyrically, this this band is so much more important uh, than than other other bands I've been in because of the positive message that's being uh, portrayed in the music, in the lyrics. You know what I mean? It really is about positivity. And um, a lot of it is about staying united or being humble or setting a good example for the youth. Because when you get to a, you know, when you get to a certain point in your life, that's important. Like, you know, I've raised three children, right? We're making a record and I've raised three children and Larry's raising a child and Jay is raising two daughters and Dylan is raising, uh, and Dylan is raising two sons and, and Danny Schuler is raising five children. Jesus. Right. So, I'm sorry. Between us, we're, we're ra- we are raising and have raised, you know, almost, almost, you know, 13, 14, 15 children. So at this point in your life, you really, kind of reflect on that and like the message is important you know what i mean the message really is important because you're setting an example not just yourself but but 
the things that you've been able to do. Like when you raise children, you start to look at, you know, a 17-year-old kid or, you know, a 16-year-old girl a different way. You know what I mean? Like, and, you know, there's, there's, you know, you have a responsibility to do that. Does that make sense? Absolutely. I got a 14 and a seven-year-old and both girls. And when uh, sometimes, you know, it makes me turn yeah. my music down a little bit. I was like, I don't think they need to be hearing that shit, you know? My 21-year-old daughter just walked past me in the garage and she's cleaning the snow off her uh, windshield. Yeah. So, <laughs> hi, Grace. <laughs> You know, as we speak about kids. Yeah, of course. They're they're always around, right? Usually. Um, Dan, thank you for so much for taking the time to do this. I appreciate it. Yeah, um, of course. Of this... course. I will tell you one thing also that we're doing. Yeah. Real quick. And by the time this airs, I'm sure we'll still be doing it. But uh, we were supposed to play last St. Patrick's Day. And that was the first show that got canceled in a run of shows. So at that point, printed up like I think 50 or I don't know how, maybe it was 72 originally, uh, St. Patrick's Day t-shirts, uh, yeah. Irish green, Kings Never Die, you know, uh, t-shirts. So I've had them, and, it, and St. Patrick's Day is coming again. <laughs> so what I'm doing is, and I'm not going to do it on media, but just a different, you know, I did it on, 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 uh, on another podcast today, and I'll do it on yours, is anybody that just goes to our Instagram page, and follows Kings Never Die at Kings Never Die Official. And, and all they got to do is just send, just follow the band and just send us a message with your name uh, and uh, United States address. No European because we can't afford the shit. Right, right. But if they, uh, if they just literally just message us, hey, I'm size medium, this is my address, we're going to give away the shirts until they're gone. Oh, that's, that's uh, very cool. Pay for anything. They don't have to pay for shipping. They don't have to pay. Because the reality is we just want people to have the shirts. Sure. And they're, they're an odd, co- you know, they're Irish green shirts. They're, it's an odd color. It's, it's not something that we would normally do merchandise-wise. Right, right. No, that's, that's fucking awesome. That's very cool, you guys. Yeah. So that would be great. If, uh, if, people, if, they, want, if they want the free shirt, then by all means, we have them. Well, that's, they got to stick around the whole interview right here to the end. And to get that little yeah, bit of go. information. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Dan. Hey, thanks a lot, man. I appreciate you taking the time hey, once Nick, again. And uh, have a great rest of the of week. Of course. And, and, and again, I really, I just, I appreciate the opportunity to be able to talk to you. Absolutely. Anytime. Anytime you got a new record coming out, come my way. We'll do it again. Okay, man. All right. Talk All right. to you later. I'll, I'll hold you to that. Yeah, no problem. Bye. All right, Dan. Thanks, bud. Yep. See ya. All right. Safe.
there you have it. That was my conversation with Dan of Kings Never Die. It's What We Live For coming out March 26th. The song you just heard, Raise a Glass, featuring Vinny Stigma and Mike Gallo, is on that EP. A different version is on that EP, so check that out. Um, Yeah, I don't know. Be on the lookout for all the things that Kings Never Die has coming because they got more coming than most, right? Support whatever comes out on Upstate Records because they deserve that as well. And uh, yeah, I don't know. I don't know what else to tell you to do. You can figure some things out for yourself, can't you? All right, good. That's great. I'm glad we figured that out. Okay, I want to warn you that I'm going to tell you again that gettingitout.net is on the horizon. This horizon has been really far off for a really long time, and I've mentioned it for literally over a year now on the podcast, but it is still coming, still doing work behind the scenes. I think I've put in 500 band profiles at this point. Uh, There's a lot of reviews written by myself and others. Uh, They're all going to be outdated by the time you get to read them, but it does exist. It is coming, so uh, please check that out once that finally does come along. Um, As I mentioned earlier, the podcast is the Patreon. Go support that. Um, There is also the Getting It Out Instagram at getting underscore it underscore out underscore podcast, facebook.com slash getting it out podcast, and probably some other things that I forget. There's a Twitter there's uh that's you know what that's it who cares who cares about the other things i don't use them enough anyway um yeah it's it's march now so we're three months well two months into the year and you know it's not all that different from 2020 but i guess it's all right i don't know i don't know what standards we're living by these days but let's just keep going try to be a little bit more positive it's raining like a motherfucker right now and i don't quite appreciate that but that's the way it is all right so I need to go to Ikea, so I'm going to wrap this one up. All right, so I'm going to wrap this one up with a song from Terminal Bliss. It's called Clean Bill of Wealth, and it's off of their Relapse Records debut, End Errata. Uh, Check it out. It's a little wild, a little different from the rest of this episode, but you're going to love it. I know it. Thank you for listening to Getting It Out Podcast. Don't forget to subscribe, rate, review, and most importantly, share. (laughs) Bye-bye.